Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. We took a short break for the summer, but now we're back, complete with suntans and ready to share even more incisive business advice. Coming up, this year's hot summer weather seems to have no end in sight. We're in the grip of another heatwave and some staff have said that it's illegal to make them work. Keep listening to find out if they're right. And looking ahead to the winter months, is there also a minimum working temperature? Plus, as the cost of living crisis deepens, what are your options for helping staff? We explain what can be done. And please don't forget to visit indicator-flm.co.uk to download our series of free mini guides to tax and HR matters. There's really no obligation. You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher. Well, of course, you don't need me to tell you that we're in the grip of another heatwave and it's set to last longer than July's. Lovely if you're on holiday by the beach, but not so good for the garden. But what does the law say about maximum and indeed minimum indoor workplace temperatures, if anything? Currently, you have several members of staff who are saying it's illegal to make them work in a temperature above 25 degrees centigrade. Are they right? Well, the legislation, which is the Workplace Health, Safety and Welfare Regulations 1992, place a legal obligation on you to provide a temperature which is reasonable in the workplace. But this isn't defined and there's currently no maximum temperature beyond which is unlawful for employees to work. That said, as you should address workplace temperature and thermal comfort as a potential hazard in your risk assessment, do look to establish sensible means of enabling employees to cope with working in high temperatures. After all, if the temperature gets excessive, they they will not be productive, they will not be effective, they may take time off sick, or they may just disappear off to the beach. So you just need to think about putting some sensible measures in place, such as using reflective film to shade windows, sighting workstations away from direct sunlight, providing cold water dispensers, relaxing dress codes. And if this, if these long hot summers are likely to continue, as some people are saying is the case, then you could even consider investing in some kind of air conditioning. And obviously always give special consideration to employees who are pregnant, menopausal, or who have certain disabilities. So that's the position on summer weather, there's currently no maximum temperature. But looking ahead to the cooler winter months, if you can remember those, is there a minimum temperature below which staff cannot be asked to work? Well, given that some weather forecasters are predicting Arctic conditions this winter, if they arrive and temperatures plummet to well below freezing, do your employees have the legal right to go home? Well, as we saw when talking about hot weather, The legislation, which is again the Workplace Health, Safety and Welfare Regulations, simply state that the temperature in the workplace should be reasonable. However, unlike some other pieces of legislation which also use the word reasonable, this this description has been selected deliberately to give you some short-term leeway in the event of any unexpected problems. 
And then when it comes to cold weather, this could be something such as a breakdown in your central heating system. Now, the regulations are supported by an approved code of practice, which is slightly more specific. And although you are not legally required to comply with the code, it is the yardstick by which the health and safety executive will assess you. Now, the code states that the temperature of static indoor environments like offices and shops should be at least 16 degrees centigrade and a minimum of 13 where the work is physical, for example, in a factory environment. But remember, this is just a guideline, not a legal requirement. Furthermore, neither the regulations nor the code of practice allows staff to stop working if it's cold. This can only happen where they're exposed to what's called a serious, imminent and unavoidable danger. Now, to trigger this entitlement, an event would need to be severe enough to cause a serious accident or death. And even if it did, employees have no right to go home. Their legal right is to stop work and evacuate to safety. So hopefully we've now covered extremes of weather, hot and cold. There's currently no maximum temperature beyond which um, employees can't be asked to work. And when it comes to minimum temperatures, again, it needs to be a reasonable temperature, but the approved code of practice does suggest 16 degrees as being the minimum figure uh, in a static indoor environment and 13 degrees where the work is physical. Hope you found this helpful and enjoy the rest of the summer. Well, it's, uh, this cost of living crisis seems to be getting deeper by the day and that's before anyone's even turned on their heating. I mean, at the moment, you know, the weather's great. There's a bit of a feel-good factor. But come October when the, the boilers are switched on and the, the nights get longer, there will undoubtedly be tough times ahead for many. And in fact, according to new data from Culture Amp, 60% of workers think that their employers should be helping them with the crisis. Do you agree? If so, what are your options for offering assistance? Well, of course, there have been reports of many businesses, particularly large banks and financial institutions and law firms, giving their staff uh, help, be that in the form of, you know, a thousand pound one-off bonus or staggered payments, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to help your staff with the cost of living crisis, your options include, but are not limited to, because you can be flexible in your approach here, making a one-off cost of living payment or bonus. This could be a set amount or a percentage of the employee's salary. You could offer an inflation busting pay increase. In fact, there's nothing to stop you offering a second pay increase increase this year outside the terms of your usual annual salary review exercise. But if you do this, make sure that it's clear to staff that it's a discretionary one-off increase to help them with the cost of living and that it doesn't set a precedent for future years. You could enable more home working to save on commuting costs. However, come the winter, when heating bills start to soar, you may well find that many more staff want to come to the office because you're footing the bill for the heating. Something to bear in mind. You could expand and promote your benefits package, such as by offering enhanced pay during family-related leave. You could give an increased payment for professional subscriptions and staff discount schemes. You could make your benefits package flexible so that employees can swap out certain benefits that they don't really need for cash. Perhaps they don't want to go to the gym anymore. They'd rather have the cash. You could offer discretionary interest-free hardship loans to employees. But bear in mind, that these won't help if the employee then can't afford to pay back the loan. So do put parameters in place to show how much you're willing to lend and why. 
You could use an external provider to offer online or face-to-face financial education programs. And you could also provide signposts to debt counselling services, either through an existing employee assistance program, or employers can seek free impartial advice on money and debt from the government's money and pensions service. The number for that is 0800 138 So I think the message here is clear. Cost of living crisis is getting worse. Employers are more likely to be looking to you for assistance. If you can do something, there's a range of very flexible options that are open to you. So just think laterally, listen to what your staff are asking for, and best of luck. Well, can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice of Business podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back again soon with even more real-world advice that you can use in your business. But for now, goodbye. You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week, we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Thank you.